and welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. This is our tactical debrief for Luton Town 2, Aston Villa 3. Justin's just told me, he said he looks a little bit rough. He's been in the trenches, he's been on TV. We've all spotted him uh, in, in, the, in the away end. Um, Justin, how are you? How was it? Mate, what a day. What an absolutely brilliant day. Um, fantastic to witness like, the Luton Stadium. You know, everybody talks about it and the away end. And, and it's just hidden. You can't even see it when you're walking around the house in the state, you know, down the road. Very old-fashioned sort of terraced housing. And all of a sudden, sort of the bottom half of one of the houses, there's the uh, entrance to the away end. But just incredible, you know, proper old school Really good atmosphere. I mean, there's about 11,000 that the capacity at Kenilworth Road, but really amazing atmosphere. Obviously, when I got back in it, I know we'll go through it in detail, but it was really loud and fair part to Luton. I spoke to a couple of really nice fans on my walk back to the car. They were very complimentary about Villa, and I just wished them all the best for the season. I said, I, know, I hope you stay up. Um, but what an incredible day and an incredible game, really. You know, and They all say that was one for the neutral, but... If you're going to win it, win it late. That's what I say. What a what a way to win any game of football. And I just so happened to, I just fancied that last minute winner. I just had my phone ready. I said to the chat next to me, I said, "We're going to win this in the last minute." And I just managed to hit the record button just as the ball came over from Diaby to go in. But scenes in the away end was brilliant. You know that's what we go to football for, isn't it? That's their moments, their micro moments of, of time that seem to stand still when that ball comes across, and you're just praying someone's on the end of it. Incredible day, and we carry. Yeah, on. and um, we march on. Do you know what though, Justin? Regular viewers will know that me and you generally do talk a lot of sense. So we've <laughs> we said all to. season that this season there'll be key moments that happen that take us to the trajectory of where we want to get to, um, and that was one of those games yesterday. In the sense yeah. of, we were brilliant first half. You know, absolutely outstanding first half. Second half, not so good. But, you know, we have to keep going, fighting to the end, and we got the victory. And again, like I always say, play shit and win at times. It's the best thing to do. All of the best teams do it. We saw Liverpool very fortunate to get the victory against Nottingham Forest. Did they play brilliant football? No. Did they win? Yes. Are they top of the league? Yes. It happens to all of the good teams. Don't be blindsided when you when 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 you look at these teams like Man City, Liverpool, etc., and think they're playing swashbuckling football for 38 games a season. They don't. They dig in. They have to be resolute. They have to have moments, have to keep fighting. And all good teams do it. And Aston Villa are doing it as well. And, and it's just absolutely massive. And that victory is, I can't tell you how, how big it is, Justin, because no. it's huge. You know, there's a big game later on today, Man United against Man City. Man City win that. Villa are 11 points clear of Manchester United with goal difference. So you're talking 12 points. You're talking four games in front of Manchester United yeah. with that running. Huge. So, you know, the, the magnitude of that victory is is just massive and it's just huge. So you were there. What did you make of it? Yeah, I totally echo everything you're saying. You know, these 
these like tiny moments. And I know we sort of took the mickey out of Stephen Gerrard. He said moments of magic, but the problem he, with his moments of magic was he wanted. That's the way he tried to win games of football every week. He was just let's get a moment of magic and win the game. And you cannot sustain any kind of credibility or long term success with games of just moments of magic. What Uno Emery has done is come in and he's put a structure in place where we we're just a very good team. That most weeks, if we play to our capabilities, we we win. Um, but there is times, like you say, when your back is against the wall, when you do need a moment of magic, and that's what we got right at the end of the game. A great ball in and a great run from the full back, and he finishes it like a season striker. <laughs> yes, the game, right? Oh, crikey! How do you dissect this one? Uh, as we said in the in the pod pre this game, we I was concerned, not concerned that I didn't think we could win it. Concerned that this was going to be a really tough game for us because, as we said, they just keep going. It doesn't matter what the scoreline, how many goals they've conceded. They just keep going because that's their mentality. And I think it's a really good mentality for a team to come up to just say, regardless of what the score is against you, you keep doing what you're doing. We keep doing what we're good at. And if if things go our way, if we do a couple of things really well, then we can get back into games. And and even at 2-0, and we saw against Manchester United with them, they were 2-0 down very quickly in that game, yet they kept going and should have arguably got something out of that game. But we were dominant in the first half. Our game plan worked perfectly. Their high press was good. Um, you know, I was up the end where uh, they were. We were defending in the first half, and their front lads were just running. I mean, Andros Tangs, I don't know how old he is, but he ran his socks off chasing down Longley, and Longley didn't put a foot wrong. Absolutely didn't put a foot wrong. His passing, his movement, his composure on the ball, the back four were excellent, and and we got into a really good two 0 lead, didn't we? Um, Ollie Watkins doing Ollie Watkins things. What a phenomenal striker he is. I don't know whether you want to talk about the second half yet, but the first half was absolutely tremendous. You know, it couldn't have gone any better against a team that's fighting for their life. We, we nullified their threat and we controlled the game. And when our chances came, we scored the two goals and went in at half time. Everybody very happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so what we will do then is we'll have a little look at the first half stats then. So we yeah. will go over to the best app in football. A lot of you have already downloaded this app, but I want more of you to download it. So smash a like on this episode. Firstly, if you think Aston Villa are going to get into the top four, right? So smash a like. I want a thousand likes on this episode and download SofaScore. You can see the QR code that's been on the screen. Uh, you can use that if you're watching on a TV or a tablet. And then the link to that will be in the description to download this app for free. And this is the app that we are now going to be using, SofaScore. So you can have this app at your fingertips. So you can see here that we've got the momentum bar of that first half. And it was just absolutely all Aston Villa, very dominant. And like Justin said, the one thing that impressed me the most in that first half was how press resistant we were. They were pressing us, they were quick, they were snappy, but we were just moving that ball around for fun and they couldn't get anywhere near us. We were able to play in tight areas. You know, when that ball went to Longley, you were thinking, oh God, we're, we're under a bit of pressure here. it go to Moreno and I'm thinking, oh God, Moreno's boxed in here. But we just play out, we play that long ball over to Watkins and we were getting so much joy. So what we can do on Sofa Score is we can see all of the stats 
first half and second half. So we'll go first half stats first then. So in the first half, Aston Villa had 56% possession. We had 10 shots, six on target. They had three shots and none on target. We had six corners and they only had one corner in the first half. And our passing stats were 88% passing accuracy with 244 passes. We had 100% dribble success, 38% crossing success, 74% long ball success. And you mentioned Ollie Watkins, Justin, but he was absolutely brilliant up against that Mengi. You know, he was hold up play. He was getting fouled time and time again. The ref weren't giving the fouls. That one when he went through his legs and he ran round. Uh, Ollie Watkins was just unplayable again. You know, I tweeted at half time that he was unplayable. And, and I think I've tweeted that now about three in the last four. Has he got six goals in his last six four, games yeah. or something? Six you know, he, four. Is it? Yeah. So he is in the form of his life, and he's an absolute monster up front. He ran them absolute ragged. And you mentioned Luton against Man, Man United. Um, you know, you've got to remember as well that Luton came back against Man City. You know, yeah. Man City were 3-0 up, it was 3-2, and then Man City went on and got that goal and, and, and ran away with it. So they're doing this to every team that they play against. And... First off, it was absolutely amazing. So, second off, what did you see? Oh, God. Well, yeah, I'll just to reiterate again what you said. Watkins, he has turned into a just... I've talked to a few people at half-time, and, and your game in every aspect has improved. You know, a few of the things you, you, that you could throw at him a couple of seasons ago probably was his finishing isn't as good as probably it should be, and his hold-up play. You know, at times, you just bounced off him, but that has improved unbelievably he's turned into a, a top top target man not only just does he run the lines and he scores goals but he's, he does everything he's all, he's just incredible to see the evolution of Ollie Watkins to a point now where he is I said it a couple, I said it a few weeks ago that he's you know if, if Harlan went in the summer and Salah he's the best striker in the Premier League and he's arguably up there now with them anyway so you know he, he's mix, mixing it with them right now second half oh god um, honestly, I just think sometimes these things happen. Um, you know, they certainly would have been prepped for, for, for Luton to come out and, and, and have a go at them. Um, they would have known that was coming. I, there's no reason why our levels should have dropped in the first 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and I did feel once they started well in that second half, I just kept thinking, right, let them have their 10 or 15 minutes of of having a go. We'll gradually work our way back in the game. We'll, we'll gain control of the ball again. We'll, we'll be, you know, in, the possession stats will still be in our favour and we'll just eventually break on them and one of our forward men will get the third and that'll be it. But it didn't happen. They just kept their foot down on us and then they kept, the momentum was building, momentum was building and when they scored that first goal, yes, it was a very scrappy goal from a corner I felt it was coming. I said, I said to people around, I said that's been coming. That has, and you could see it happening. Um, I was disappointed with the second one. I think from a set play, you know, the, the, the big centre forward at the back post. It was, you know, they did it again about five minutes after, and I think it was John McGinn marking, which I think, you know, that, at that point, I'm not, we definitely we hadn't lost our heads. We just lost momentum in the game, and once you lose momentum in a game of football, that's that's a very difficult thing to to, to get back in. 
especially the level of sort of pressure and, 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 and we had in the first half. I mean, those stats are, are, are so, you know, if you just scroll out to the whole of the game, it's like a mirror image. You know, that first, um, that first half to the second half of, of the, of the graph, it's literally like you've just flipped it and, and we've just got into our shells and they've just, but that's what happens. You know, if, if, if you just, if you're brave, and they were brave, they were very, and they've been brave all season. It's why they've still got a chance of staying up, and you've got to hold your head, hands up sometimes and go, "Fair bloody play to Luton, fair play to yeah. them. Because oh. arguably, they could have gone on and won the bloody game if, if, if you know, some, if one thing had gone for them right at the end of that second half. I think you, I think you are right. I think you know they they stuck it on us. Is that that's yeah. the that's the terminology I'm using? Second Nothing off, they, they they stuck it on us and said, "Right, we're having a go here." And you can see from the stats, second half we had more possession, but they had eleven shots. We had two, two on mm. target. They had five on target. They had seven corners. You know, so they they were starting to sort of territorially sort of manhandle us a little bit. Um, they had 11 free kicks, 11 throw-ins. They had 84% passing accuracy. We had 83. We had 67% dribble accuracy. They had 25. We lost the ball 60 times. They lost it 66. They won 28 duels. We won 22 in the second half. Aerials, they won 10 and we won 6. Uh, we won more tackles. They won more interceptions and we had to clear it 15 times. So what, what you can see there is that they... Like I say, put, put it on us, made it really difficult. Unai spoke before the game about we we had to win our duels, and and first half we weren't, and second half we weren't, and testament to Villa to keep going. And unlike the Forest game where they came back and we started to get our foot back on the ball and 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 we sort of get regained control, we really struggled to regain that control at all, and. You know, like all the, like the good teams have done against them, that the fact that you just got to get the win, you've got to get the victory, and 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 that was what yeah. was really pleasing. I think, um, yeah, it massive, and I think what being that close to the pitch and being that close to the players, you could see the belief change in them and their body language change after 10, 15 minutes. That you know, it was like they thought, oh, you know what, Villa are a good side, but they're. They definitely get. We can get at them, and then that first went in, and they just—they they looked like they were like a foot taller than all of our players. They were everywhere on the pitch. They were all over, and then we started to question ourselves, didn't we? And that's where the problems start coming in. But yeah, overall was outstanding. Just you know, yeah, the, the, the first half was outstanding. The second half was average, but we had that <laughs> little last minute with us. So we'll take that all day. Right, we're going to run through some things and then we'll we'll have a chat about what, what I'll discuss here then. So as you can see here, we've got our average positions. The point to note is Ollie Watkins' position. Very uh, top-heavy, leading that line. Massive, massive threat. Villa's formation here is pretty good. Here you can see Luton's formation, but something here to note is number 12 and number 30. So this is where second half, they were overloading us on that right hand side, so our left hand side, and we was having, we were having, we were having problems. Um, and I think our problems came from. Wait for this little 
little bad boy to load. Our problems for me lied with our defensive shape with Morgan Rogers on that left-hand side. Now, Rogers had a really good game. I'm going to show you Rogers' numbers in a second. But, you know, why you're probably not seeing him starting games is that understanding of the Unai role that he's got to do. And it just felt for me, second half, far too many times, it was an overload on this left-hand side. And we really struggled. We struggled defensively here. You saw Rogers give away... A couple of corners, he gave away a couple of free kicks in and around this area. And that was one area that I felt like we really struggled with in that second half. One interesting thing to note, which I thought we did really good, especially first half, was blocking out that passing lane to Clark. So many times in that first half, you'd got Tielemans and Watkins that were very close that were stopping that passing lane to Clark. Uh, but yeah, just sort of just note up on those couple of things. And then I'll back up... Um, I'll back up now Morgan Rogers' performance because he did play. He did play well. Um, so let me just find where's that gone. Um, right. Justin, what did you make of Rogers then uh, before I just Yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to say I felt so thin because it, it's a very, it, you know, in football, being brought on as a sub and taken off as a sub, he's often seen as a, as a huge slap in the face. But it, it, what that wasn't the case. I think what happened was he came on and, and I think the fact he was he was sort of preferred to come on when Ramsey did get injured is a huge pat on the back for the lad, you know, and a real, like, you know, a boost for his ego that you've got a bench with the likes of Diaby on it and that he could have easily brought on, that, that he chose, that he Boone and could have come on in the six and he could have pushed, you know, McGinn back into his more preferred role. But he went with Morgan Rogers and I think he did really, really well, the lad. Um, it just happened that when he wanted to throw the kitchen sink at it in the last 10 minutes, that he wanted to change through. He obviously wouldn't change Ollie, but he wanted to change the three players in behind to give us fresh legs in that area. And he'd had about an hour by that point. So, you know, if, it's, you know, if he started the game and he'd come off after 60 minutes, you go, okay, that's just, that's a normal substitution. So I, I don't think, and I think the manager would have put his arm around him. And he was, at times, he was really good. A couple of times he nicked the ball in the middle of the park and, and drove at players. And I think that's his game. You know, I don't know a lot about his all-round game. We've seen clips and stuff and, and what we think he is. But he seems to be a really athletic, um, dynamic type of player that will try and pick the ball up and go past one or two players. A little bit like Ramsey game, really. When I think that's how Ramsey sort of, you know, he carries the ball well. And I think Rogers has got that in. He's got a good pass. He, he made two or three decent decisive passes when he came on as well. And he out to the right-hand side, took to, um, to Bailey. <clears throat> Uh, uh, yeah, and, and I think in the second half, he drove into the box and laid one off to uh, Ollie Watkins, who cut inside and, and had a bit of a time shot. But lots of positive signs. He hasn't been here that long since January. Yeah. He's settling in really well. He's a young kid and he's only going to improve as everybody has under Unai. So, you know, he's got a lot of time on his side. Yeah, it was a real strong performance, as you can see. From I mean, 86% passing accuracy, he had one... Um, well, we've got, we've got duels won, so he won five out of his nine duels. He won three out of his seven ground duels. He won two out of two of his aerial duels. So, you know, it was a real strong performance. I just felt like that right-hand side where they were getting at us, uh, we did have, you know, big problems in that second half, really. Um, but we can see some of the other numbers here as well. So this is all off sofa score. Uh, some of the numbers that are really, really good, I'll find you 
uh, Esri Consa's passing stats, and you can't really beat them because where's Consa? 100%. Es- <laughs> Esri Con- and, and that's what I was talking about, you know, in that first half when we were under pressure with their press, and he's got 100% passing accuracy. Absolutely outstanding. I tell you what, what's what's really again being that close in the first half, and, and we were defending, and some of the times when we were passing it around the back, uh, the back four, we were right on the touchline. You know what, uh, Martinez is receiving it literally on his goal line, and you realise then when he's pinging the ball out to to um, to Longley, his first touch. When you're under that kind of pressure and the press like they are, your first touch has got to be spot on, and I mean like kill it dead. And not only kill it dead, but it's got to be there to use straight away. These little tiny intricate things of this is what makes absolute top class footballers. You know, if somebody feeds the ball into me, it's probably a three foot away by the time I've controlled it, and then I've got a, I've got a problem with these lads. That ball has got to be killed dead and in a position where I can use it immediately. Now, whether I've got to pay a two yard ball into Moreno and have it back and go again, or whether I'm going to nick it up the line to Ollie Watkins. They have got to be spot on. And in the first half, they were absolutely incredible with their use of the ball and, and, and the way they manipulated it as well under tight areas. And we did do well with our duels, as, as you can see. We've got yeah. Bailey won seven out of his 13. Cash won four out of his nine. So our, our duels were long laid two out of three. So, you know, we, we did our duel part really, really well. So now what we're going to do is just have a little look at the uh, passing networks here. You can see Luton's passing network. That right-hand side was where they exploited in that second half. Uh, and you can see in central areas, they did well with the ball, Barkley. It's not on screen, what? Luke. Oh, isn't it? Uh, Barkley. What, what a player Barkley's. Um, you know, Incredible. absolutely fantastic. And, you know, he, he's a really, really good player, Barkley. Uh, this, is is Aston, this is Aston Villa's passing network. And something to note, you know, when we do those um, graphics where we show the, the different styles and Villa have edged towards slow and intricate, but we've got fast and direct. Well, here you can see the fast and direct version of Aston Villa because look at all of those balls going into Ollie Watkins. You've got Ramsey, Tielemans, McGinn, Louise, Longley, Martinez, Moreno, all them balls going into that central point of Ollie Watkins and it shows how important he was and how well he led that line. Uh, and, you know, it's absolutely brilliant. And this graphic really does highlight the role that we played, how direct we were to Ollie Watkins and we mix up our styles and, yeah, absolutely fantastic. So uh, we're going to just, I'll quickly fire through a couple of these then. So, here we've got, especially in the first half, we've got McGinn driving forward and then this is the Ramsey shot. And I think first half, a little bit like Sheffield United, really. It, it, the Villa game can be a bit of a blur because of what happened in the second half, but we could easily have been four or five up at half-time. We've got this great strike from Ramsey, who, who the keeper pulls off a brilliant save. We've got the shot where, where Watkins hit the post. So if those go in, you know, we're looking for 4-0 four, four up at half-time already. Uh, Ollie Watkins, brilliant bullet header. Fantastic. We will touch, yeah, we will touch on defending set pieces in a second, but if you're going to moan about the defending of the set pieces, then we have to praise when we score a goal. Do you know what I mean? Like, Probably, if, yeah. you say, if you say, what does McPhee do? Well... Here's what McPhee does as well. You know, just because we concede off them, 
we score off them as well. So, you know, I mean, I'm just saying... Don't forget, don't forget as well, that, that goal came from an Ollie Watkins shot that the keeper saved. And then he follows it up by burying what is an incredibly difficult header into the top corner. Yeah. This goal is fantastic. Touch, finish, clinical, unbelievable. Uh, what did you then, did you see the and a fair play to Alan Shearer on match of the day? He 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 dissected that goal phenomenally well, and he set that first touch off his left foot mm. to just <laughs> like like I was just saying a minute ago to guide it into a place where he can just walk onto it and finish it. He's some player, isn't he, Ollie Watkins? He's some player now. Yeah, and this was a world class save from Morgan Rogers because that was hit. So fiercely, um, and and what a save that was, and that shows what Rogers is all about as well. So, um, brilliant, brilliant stuff from him. Right now, I know I said before the game, I, I told you all about defending these set pieces, um, and it's frustrating that we that we conceded off this. I do think we were slightly unfortunate with this a little bit because. The way that ball goes and gets cleared off the line and then lands, at, and it was just a melee and a mess. And I, I do, I do understand, and I, you know, I've said it all week that we, we need to be better at defending these set pieces. This one doesn't bother me as much as the next one. The next one bothers me even more because I just think, you know, these are sticking it in an area. They're causing chaos. It's just chaotic in there. Uh, so yeah, it's it is a mess, and and I, and I do think we've piled back with more height in there. I do think we are going to change the defense for Spurs. I think we'll see what we saw against something like Arsenal and Man City at home. So there will be more of a physical presence in there with players coming back anyway. Um, but yeah, crawling over with, the back of us with, with this goal. I think the problem comes when you lose the first header and then after that it's, it's literally a free-for-all once you lose your first header in a congested area like that and, and to be fair he's done really well to nod it back mm-hmm. in then it's it's literally who can get to the ball first and then it's panic stations isn't it and, and you see goals like this in football all the time it's nobody's particular fault but you have to try this is why it's so imperative to win that first ball you know because if you don't you've, you've, you've you're in trouble and then that one just annoyed me a little bit because they knew what was coming and, and mm-hmm. I think it's McGinn. It just loses his man. That's it's simple as that. Gets the wrong side of him and he's physical, mm-hmm. isn't he? And that's it. it. It's almost impossible to defend once you've got the wrong side. They, they, I know, you know, this one, I look at our line here and I'm thinking it's a solid line. We, we, we've actually defended, everybody's defended this well apart from McGinn. And we we saw this against Nottingham Forest, how Taiwo peeled around uh, Pau Torres, got the header across goal. And again, it's another one of these where we've we've let our man get in front of us. And it's a brilliant finish. Like, it's it's an unbelievable finish this is. You know, it's really difficult to, to finish this. But it's an individual error. And not only did this happen for the goal, it happened about five, ten minutes after and it was yeah. McGinn and Morris again. And I'm like, you know, how have you done it again? Like, switch well, on. That and- put, 
like we were saying, at that point, that they had the bit between their teeth. And I think there was another moment where I thought Morris should have done better when I think they, I don't think it's from a set piece when he whips the ball into the back post and he got, he got the run on, um, whoever, was it Moreno? That might have been Luca D. Uh, no, Matty Cash. He'd got the run on Matty Cash and he, he, he just couldn't get any purchase on his head. And so at that point, they had got, you know, they were in the ascendancy in the game and we struggled then to cope with the physicality uh, of, of the way that they were trying to sort of exploit our weaknesses. And like you said, a few teams have done this to us now. But yeah, it, it is just a matter of going back to the drawing board and making sure you're picking your men up and you're strong when the ball comes over. Yeah, and and, and sometimes maybe it's easier said than done when, when you're yeah, in that is. cauldron and there's that pressure. And, you know, we see when we at Villa Park, we're sucking the ball into the net. And, you know, it, it's really difficult, but you've got to stand up and, and be there. And then next up, let's not sleep on Diaby because Bournemouth away, Diaby comes on and puts in a brilliant ball to Wally Watkins. And we know Unai spoke about the squad and everybody in the squad has got an important role to play. DRB has put another ball in and it's landed Peach on Dina's head. Now, that's two big, big moments from DRB that he's come off the bench. And this isn't just a ball into the box where he's just hit and no. hoped. This is quality. And what I really like about Diaby here is before he puts this ball in, he passes to Watkins and he does a little, a little jink and goes back, receives the ball and puts this ball on a plate to Digne. And he has to finish it. But this is class. This, this ball from Diaby is unbelievable. And it just shows that when we're talking about players, um, Zaniolo might get stick or Zaniolo might get a bit of bit of hate. These players are still going to have impacts from now until the end of the season. They're going to have big impacts off this bench because of the way we're playing this never say die attitude. And this is it's just huge. Talk to me. What? Where? Where? Are we? Hold on. Hold on a minute. I can see him. I can see him there. There he is. That's Justin. There he is. Had a great view of this. He hadn't. He hadn't got his phone out at this point. You can see. That's how quick it was because I said to the chap next to him, "We're scoring in the last few minutes," and I had it ready to go. And when he whipped it in, I thought, "Oh, we got a chance for this." Mate, it was an incredible ball into the back stick. And, and you, you know, by this point, uh, Dean is on the run. So not only has he spotted the run, but he's had to put it in an area because the, de the defender did react to it. But he, as we said, with their goal, they didn't, he didn't react quick enough. And, he, and Dean got the run at Luca Dean got the run of him, on him. And it, it's not an easy header. You know, I've seen so many, yeah. especially defenders, run onto balls like that. And just they're trying to sort of cushion it down. And they either overdo it and put it wide or underdo it, you know, and, and, and get just get a skim on it and it goes past the post. It, it, honestly, that away end, that will live long, long into the memory <laughs> when that ball goes in that net. The relief yeah. you feel is incredible. But, yeah, phenomenal. And totally justified the, the, the substitutions, you know, the four players yeah. that came on. 
they did all have an impact because all of a yeah. sudden it upset the rhythm of Luton. It upset their mentality. They're thinking, they're looking over, thinking Christ is practically half a team coming on here, you know, and all of a sudden it puts doubt in your mind. You know, we've, we've comfortably dealt with what they had in the second half, but now we've got practically a, front, a brand new front line to deal with here. And, and at, at, with 10 minutes to go, it's very hard in that short space of time to get your head around. Well, you know, he makes them kind of runs. He's a different type of player to what I've just been marking. And that, and that literally, I think, what is what gave us the win because it upset, it unsettled them, and it upset their rhythm. And we managed with an absolutely phenomenal piece of uh, skill from Diaby and a brilliant header from from Dean to nick the game at the end. Huge, huge. In the Domino's Watkins, Oak stand. <laughs> yeah, Watkins has spoke about the last couple of games of us being in these positions and teams coming back, but we're going to end it on a positive. Oh, the whole podcast has been positive, to be fair. But, you know, we've got to review a game and the game that we've just seen. This is very, very important. 17 games, Aston Villa went ahead. We've dropped three points, which is the least, you know, out, out of all, all, all those, basically. So this is big and it shows that we are very good when in front at getting the results when we get that goal and when we get that lead. So long may that continue. Um, so we are going to uh, turn our attention to the week ahead. We are going to have a Luke Robinson new vibe vlog tomorrow. I've got some good lined up for you guys. I know you love the last one. So that's going to kick your week off. We're then going to turn our attention to Ajax. We have the Ajax opposition preview, which is going to be out. So stay tuned for that. Big week. Ajax first. Up the villa. Up the villa. <laughs>